Hey friends, I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Erin Cusio, and this is Room for Lovely. Each week, we'll bring you incredible guests with relatable stories and encouraging wisdom who remind us to look for the loveliness in every single day. Because while not all of life is lovely, there is room for loveliness in every single season. I have had quite a few jobs in my life, none of them harder than being a mom. Maybe you can relate. The expectation for us as parents in this day and age is astounding. And there is a constant pressure and demand for us to do the most and be the best, be strict, but also be lenient, get them involved, but have family nights at home, teach them values, expose them to culture. And then we constantly wonder if we are doing any of it right. But I wonder how on earth our kids must feel. We certainly did not grow up in the rat race, Pinterest perfect generation. What kind of pressure do you think our kids must experience growing up in such a noisy world that is never short on messages flying at them about who they should be and what they should do and how they should think and what they should believe? I think sometimes it's important to make sure that they just remember how to be a kid. Today, my guest is someone incredibly special. In fact, he goes down as one of my favorite people in the whole world. Today's guest is our middle son, Dominic. Dominic is headed into middle school in a few months, and he is wise beyond his years. He's been identified as gifted and talented, and just this week, at the dinner table, he was talking about how some students take a gap year before heading to college, and what his plans were to start at one university and transfer to another. Son, how do you know any of that? He knows everything, it seems. If I don't know, I ask Dominic. If I can't fix it, I ask Dominic. Everything he touches somehow seems to turn to gold, and he has the absolute purest heart I know. That's not to say he's not without struggles. He is a kid, he is normal, but he is certainly one of a kind. This week, I sat down to talk about what's going on in his life right now, what his hopes are for the future, and just some general conversation with the best, most brilliant 11-year-old I know. Welcome, Dominic. Thank you for being on the podcast with me. I am really excited to have you on. You are my son, and Vaughn had his chance to be on the podcast last year, but now it's your chance to be on the podcast. Are you nervous? Okay, people can't see you shake your head, so you're going to have to speak your answers for us, okay? (laughs) All right. So are you nervous? Yes, ma'am. There's no reason to be nervous. Would you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? I know everything there is to know about you, but everybody else out there may not know everything about you. So tell us a little bit about who you are. I'm Dominic Cusio. I'm 11 years old and I love playing guitar and and I love playing baseball. Awesome. Okay. So I know you're a little bit nervous. I know you've been excited to do this, but you've been a little bit nervous to do this. And so I want to try to warm you up a little bit by doing a quick game of what's your favorite. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple of random questions, like what's your favorite and just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. What is your favorite color? Green. Green. What is your favorite thing to drink? Probably lemonade. Lemonade. I would have thought you would have said water, (laughs) water or orange juice. I would have guessed Vaughn would have said lemonade, but not you. What is um, your favorite type of music? Probably Christian music. Okay, like who? Who do you like to listen to the most? Like Toby Mac. 
Toby Mac, like the hat that you have on your head for Toby Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite song by Toby Mac? Probably Cornerstone. Cornerstone. That's a good song. Um, let's see. If you had to describe your favorite day, the things that would make up your favorite day, what are some things that if Dominic was having the best day ever, what would that include? Well, waking up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> And then probably like just eating breakfast at home and then playing baseball. Then we would probably like go to eat somewhere for lunch and then just kind of stay home and hang out with the family. Mm -hmm. This brings me to probably what is, I would say, your favorite thing to do. Would you consider yourself to be more of a person that likes to go a lot of places or a person that likes to stay home? Probably stay home. Yes. You always want to know like, hey, what do we have to do today? Do we have to go a bunch of places? Mm-hmm. Because you really enjoy like laying low and being at home and hanging out with our family, which is kind of like me. I really like that kind of thing too. So I want to talk about something that I was really impressed with. Um, this year at the end of fifth grade, you had a talent show for your school. And I want to start by saying that when you were born, what do we always tell you? What happened when you were born? I didn't cry. I shrieked. (laughs) Say that again. (laughs) I didn't cry. I shrieked. I didn't cry. I shrieked. Um, You were a baby that was very loud and you were a little bit nervous and anxious growing up as a child. Whenever I can remember whenever you were like in pre-K and you started getting invited to birthday parties and things like that, you were extremely shy and you would walk into a room and you would like bury your head in my chest. You just didn't, you didn't like to be out of your comfort zone. You liked your mama and I was okay with that. But as you've gotten older, you have really grown into a brave little guy. And one of the things that you did recently that was really brave was to perform in your talent show. What happened when you performed in your talent show? Oh, you cried. (laughs) I cried my eyes out the whole time because I was so proud of you for getting up there. And I remember when, before the talent show started, you said that it was only going to be in front of the fifth grade and that the other kids were going to watch by zoom, but that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the talent show. Tell me what you did. Tell me how you felt. Tell me all about it. So I saw my Rubik's Cube. I was kind of nervous at first. I messed up, but I think it went out good. We had to do like a class act. That was nerve-wracking. I did not want to do that. But after we got through with it, it was fun. So let's talk about the Rubik's Cube. Mm-hmm. Um, you decided that for your talent in the talent show, your individual talent, you were going to solve your Rubik's Cube. How quickly can you solve a Rubik's Cube? My average is probably 40 seconds. 40 seconds. That is crazy fast. I can't, I'm way older than you and I can't even solve a Rubik's Cube, much less solve one in 40 seconds. And you decided to do that in front of the whole school. And it turned out that it was the entire elementary school that was there watching you perform. Were you nervous? A lot. I was really, really nervous. You were really, really nervous. So how did you push past that? Um, I was just like, let's do this. And then whenever I'm over with it, it'll probably be fine. Because usually whenever I do things like that, I'm nervous. And then I do it and it's, I'm like, it's fine. And I don't, I want to do it again because now I know how it is. Yes. And then it's easier. If we were talking about things that we were afraid of, 
What do you think is the lesson to learn there? To not be so afraid and just kind of do it. Just kind of do it. And then oftentimes what ends up happening? It comes out really good and you kind of want to do it again. I think it's really incredible that you can solve a Rubik's Cube, but that's really not the impressive thing. The impressive thing to me is the courage that it took to get up on stage in front of the whole school and also just your persistence to get things done. Do you remember when you were learning how to solve a Rubik's Cube? Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the process of what it took for you to learn how to solve the Rubik's Cube because you didn't just magically do it, right? You you worked to figure it out. I watched a video and I, I got kind of mad because I kept doing it and it wouldn't work out and, I, and it wouldn't work out. And then I did it one time and it worked and I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. <laughs> and so then I tried it again and it didn't work. So then I got mad and then I did it again and it worked. And then I kept trying to do it and I kept watching the video and then I finally got it. And then I could just start doing it and doing it and doing it. What is the thing called that you had to learn in order to solve the Rubik's Cube? Because you memorized something. What was that called? Um, an algorithm. An algorithm. I didn't even know that word whenever I was 11 years old like you. And when you were learning to do the Rubik's Cube, I think that's all I heard for weeks on end was algorithm, algorithm, algorithm. But I can remember you getting so frustrated because it wasn't working but it really didn't take you that long to figure it out. And I can remember you went from like, you could solve one side, then you could get it almost solved. And then finally you were able to do it totally. What do you think is a quality about yourself that helped you to solve the Rubik's Cube? To be determined and not give up because it didn't really take long, but it was just frustrating to try to get it. And then it turned out good and then everything was fine. And I kind of wanted to do it again because I feel like I could do it better next time. Excellent. Yes. I love that. The Rubik's cube is not the only thing that you have mastered. I feel like just about any time we give you something to do, you are on a mission to get it done. So what else, what are some other things that you can think of in your life that you've really put your mind to and you've done pretty amazing? Probably whenever I started catching, because that year I was like, I'll play any position except for catcher, basically. Because the year before that, I said, I'll play any position besides pitcher and catcher. But then they put me as pitcher and it was fine. And so then that year, I said, I didn't want to be catcher. And then they said, you're going to be catcher. And I was like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> and so, so I did it and it was for like a scrimmage. And then I really liked it. So, and then they said, we're going to put you behind the plate a little more. And so I was like, yes. And then I wanted to become better because at that point, like I, I was not good at all. And so I tried, I started watching videos and I started, and then we got me a catcher's mitt. And then I started watching videos and I started doing all this stuff. I started practicing and I learned a lot more things. And then by the end of the season, I think I was pretty good. So I remember the first game that they put you as catcher and I thought Dominic is going to absolutely hate this. He's going to hate it. First of all, because it's a lot of up and down, up and down, up and down. Second of all, you get very dirty as the catcher because you're like all up in the dirt. And is it fair to say that you don't love being dirty? I like it. It's just, <laughs> I kind of like it. You're usually the first to volunteer like, hey, I'm ready to go shower. Like <laughs> you kind of like for things to be neat and clean and orderly. And so... I was so shocked when you came off the field and you were like, I loved that. 
What about catching was something that you absolutely loved? I just liked because at my old position, I probably either played third base or second base. Second base, it, sometimes it ha- something happens, but at third base, like usually nothing really happens. If you're left-handed, you're probably going to hit it to third base, and there's not many left-handers, so it's hard. So it's rare for somebody to hit it to third base, and so nothing ever really happened. But then whenever I was catcher, I was involved in every play, and I got to do something every time, and so it just I felt a little better, and because I could, I was able to do something. What do you think is maybe one of your favorite moments of being able to catch this season? Probably the time whenever the ball got past me and there was a man on third base and then he started coming to home and I gra- I hurried up, I grabbed the ball, I took my helmet off and I started running towards him and he started running back to third base and then I chased him all the way back to third base and I jumped and dove and got him and I tagged him and he was out. that was a good moment too. I was thinking about the time that they hit a foul ball and you ran almost all the way to the dugout and (laughs) caught it. And then they were out. That was, and we were like, Oh my gosh, did Dominic just do that? It was pretty awesome. What do you think were some qualities that you really had to show to be a good catcher? I had to show that I can work hard because like at first I I was, I didn't really know what to do because I never even on gear before but um I had to show that I could work hard and that I could just and that I was able to do it I think that I kind of I really showed that and that they were impressed by me we talk a lot about how baseball is important but it's bigger than baseball that we're cultivating qualities that we hope are going to last beyond the baseball field so the kinds of things that you learned this year so far in baseball is that anything that you think you can take into life as you get older? You've got a little ways until you get to adulthood. You're only 11, but you're, it's things that it's lessons that we learn that we hope we can take on as we grow up. So are there any things that you think you can take to real life? Um, probably to never give up because like if, if somebody says I can't do this, then like I want to show them that I can do it. And so I don't want to give up and I just want to keep on keeping on doing it until I've got it down. And then probably also like, like you start something and then you love it and then you want to just keep going. But like, if I, I feel like if I didn't practice catching and I just kind of like, oh, I'll just do do that every time, then I probably wouldn't say catcher because the first game, a lot of balls got past me and you don't want anything to get past you. So I think if I didn't practice as much and I didn't like really know what to do, then I probably wouldn't have stayed catcher because I'm like not really changing and I'm not really getting better. And that's a lesson that will last you long past baseball, right? We want to continue to grow no matter what we're doing Mm -hmm. and get better and better no matter what it is. Um, Something that your daddy and I say to you pretty often is A&E Big D. And what do you say? (laughs) That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what that means. A&E Big D. What are we talking about? Attitude and effort. Attitude and effort. What's big D? Me. (laughs) (laughs) So dig into that a little bit. What is attitude and effort? Why is that important? Because you always say the one thing, the two things that you can control is your attitude and effort, because you may not be able to control everything in life, but you can choose your attitude and your effort and how much effort you put into it. And what happens when we are able to control our attitude and our effort? We become better at things because we learn that it, we can like actually do that. 
and that, oh, I can actually do that, so I'm going to try that again. And so we become better and better at some things. And then what happens if maybe we're not controlling our attitudes so well? Then we could become angry and frustrated and we might not be able to, like, like if I'm playing baseball and I'm playing in the outfield and I want to play in the infield, I have to put in some attitude and effort or else I'm going to have to keep playing in the outfield and I want to play in the infield. So if I don't put any attitude and effort into it, I'm not going to be able to play in the infield because they're going to say, oh, he's not really doing that. He shouldn't really be playing in the infield. Those things are connected, right? Our attitude and our effort are connected. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about that quite a bit. And I think that's a lesson that we've learned that we can bring with us as we grow up, because is life always going to be fair to us? No, life is basically never fair. Life is basically never fair. That's unfortunate, but it's true. And when we're able to learn early on, as young as you are, that attitude and effort are the things that we can control, then do you think that that makes it easier for us as we get older? Yeah, it probably makes it easier because then you can really like show what you can do. You'll be, maybe you'll be able to get a job or something. I think that when we have a good attitude, what do you think people around us think they're probably like want to be around you and like because if you're frustrated and you're always mad at people nobody's ever going to want to be around you because you must be around like a really mad person but if you have a good attitude then maybe somebody will want to be around you so I want to move from baseball just a little bit and talk about a few other things is that okay can we talk about something other than baseball that's good (laughs) I know that's your favorite thing So first, you are heading to middle school in a couple months, which is kind of crazy. What are you feeling about that? Um, I'm excited, but also kind of nervous. I'm excited because I get to have a little more freedom. And yeah, I get to have a little more freedom. And then I'm nervous because I feel like I'm going to get lost and I'm going to be tardy and then I'm going to get in trouble. You are um, quite concerned about making sure that you're following the rules. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, probably. I would say that you're probably not going to be tardy. You're going to be okay. And I think it's helpful that you have a brother that has already been there so he can kind of give you the lay of the land so you're not just going in with no idea of what's happening, right? Yeah. I think it really helps because he like knows basically a lot about middle school and because he just went through a whole year of it. And so that really helps me because he kind of knows his way around and he knows like a lot of things about it. Is there a particular class that you're excited about for middle school? I'm excited about 3D printing. 3D printing. Can you tell me about that? Well, I signed up for it and I'm just really excited because it sounds fun, but I think I made it because I think they only have like a certain number of people. And I know a lot of people wanted to do it because whenever they said 3D printing, everybody was like looking around like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. And so I think I, th- I think I made it, though. I'm not sure. And so it's basically just like you get to make stuff and it's like a printer, but 3D. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's called so. 3D printing. <laughs> yes. Is there something that you can think of specifically that you're like, yeah, I want to print that? Vaughn said a lot of kids have been making like a name tag and you can put it on your backpack. And I kind of want that. That sounds pretty cool. That's cool. You mentioned Vaughn being in middle school already. And I think having a brother that's a little bit older can be helpful, but sometimes it's kind of hard because you get to see him doing all the things that you want to do. 
and you're waiting to go and do those things. Is there anything else that you can think of that Vaughn is getting to do? And you're like, I want to do that too. Youth. <laughs> you said church. Youth. <laughs> Tell me about it. Like, I feel like every Wednesday and Sunday, he has something to do at youth and it sounds so fun and I want to go, but I have to wait till August. I think it's August. Yeah. So you're really excited about joining youth. However, in the last probably month or two, you've started, you transitioned out of going to um, the kids service and coming into what we call the big church for the adult service. How are you liking that? Um, I feel like it's better than kid works. Like at kid works, I feel like there's so many kids just like running around. But at big service, it's like everybody's just kind of sitting down and everybody's just listening. And I kind of understand it more in kid works, but I like, I, but I still like the big service too. Do you think it's a little bit challenging to understand the sermons in big service? Yeah, it's a little challenging because since I'm a kid and everybody else there is basically like an adult, it's a little weird because I'm like the only kid in there. There's like a couple kids. Do you enjoy that challenge? Yeah, I I like it because he's really funny. And so it kind of makes it that kind of makes it easier to understand. And he, he like puts it into present day stuff. Like he like he and he tells stories to basically go with it. There's one specific thing I think that has really stuck with you in big service because we've talked about it quite a bit. And it's from one of the sermons that he recently preached because he's been talking about what has our sermon series been lately? When in Rome. When in Rome. And so what book of the Bible are we talking about? Romans. Romans. And so he's talking about lots of different things, but there was one thing in particular that I think stuck out the most. Can you talk about it? Choosing my way over God's way in any way equals sin. Choosing my way over God's way in any way equals sin. I think that that is really good terms that make it kind of easy to understand. I guess when you're a kid, sometimes it can be hard to know what's right, what's wrong, what's sin, what's not sin. Because the word sin can be a little bit gray instead of black and white, right? Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you got out of that phrase, choosing my way over God's way in any way equals sin? What I got out of it is basically just like if in the Bible, if it says obey your parents and then they tell you to do something and then you don't do it, that's sin because you're choosing your way over God's way. That's God's way is obeying your parents. Very good. I think I love to watch you in big service because you are incredibly brilliant and your mind is always turning. I can see those wheels just moving. And I love when we get out of service and maybe we're talking about something or your daddy and I are talking about something and you'll reference something that you heard in the sermon and you kind of come back to that and we're like, wow, he was really paying attention. <laughs> So when you don't understand something, because it can be a little bit challenging, what would you say is the best thing to do to try to understand better something that you don't understand? What are some things that you can do to help you? Probably like listening closer and just thinking, okay, what is he saying and how is he saying it? And like, he's trying to say this because that equals like this. And like, sometimes I'll think of something that has happened in life. And then I like trying to think, okay, this kind of goes with that. And then it makes better sense. Beyond that, beyond just you thinking of it on your own, is there a place you can go to help you understand anything better? Not just the sermon, but any questions that you might have. You can pray about it. 
or you can go to your parents. What do your daddy and I always say? You can tell us anything. You can tell us anything. You can ask us anything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really proud of you for coming to Big Church. Um, and also this summer, you made a decision. You're not ready to go to youth yet, but where are you headed in a couple weeks? I'm going to church camp. Church camp. Are you excited about that? Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Tell me why. Well, last time I went, I didn't really have the best experience and I didn't really know anybody. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) let's go back and talk about that a little bit, because I think that's kind of a funny story now. It's funny now. It's not so funny back then. But okay, I want to start by saying that when we sent you to church camp the first time, We weren't even living in Texas. We were still living in Louisiana and we were just driving back and forth every weekend and going to the church here, which we still go to. We go to Timber Creek. And for some unknown reason, we decided that we were going to send you guys to church camp. And looking back, you had just turned five years old, which now I'm like, (sighs) I was a terrible mother for sending you to church camp (laughs) at five years old. Like you literally turned five in June and went to church camp in July. And that is just (laughs) ridiculous. I don't know why I did that, but you had a little bit of a difficult time once you got there. Okay. So it wasn't just not about knowing people, but what happened? Cause you had a crazy experience. I was kind of falling behind because we were going to the pool and I was kind of falling behind. So I started running and I tripped over the sidewalk and I busted my lip on the cement and, and they had to like take me to the hospital. And I remember like just waking up and uh, everybody was just kind of looking at me. So at uh, barely five years old, you are at church camp and they called me and I thought, yep, he's going to want me to go and pick him up because that's reasonable, right? Like you were away from home, like you're going to want to be picked up. I just thought, well, we thought he could make it, but I guess he can't. And they called me and they were like, hey, Aaron, we just want you to know that uh, we have Dominic and he's in the emergency room. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, what is happening? And so it all turned out fine. You didn't have to have stitches like they thought and your mouth healed, although you do still have a little bit of a scar right there, right? Yeah, you can kind of feel like a little bump. But- you got to go to the emergency room with the camp directors. So that was kind of fun. And then they brought you home. And what did they get you on the way home? (laughs) Do you remember? No. They like sent me pictures and the camp director, bless her heart, she was holding you and just patting you and loving on you. And then they took you home and they stopped at McDonald's and got you ice cream on the way back. (laughs) I mean, maybe the best thing that ever happened to you was busting your lip. (laughs) So all of that said, I can see why it's taken you now so many years to want to go back to church camp, but you are really excited about going this year. Tell me why you're so excited. I'm really excited because I know a lot of kids that are going, and I think now that I'm older, it'll be a little better because I think like that was probably one of the, that was like a, probably like one of my first camps that I like went away and like basically slept over. Like I'm sure I went to like some kind of day camp, but I didn't go like sleeping over. And so I think it'll be better now that I'm older and I know a little bit more people. Well, I am absolutely thrilled for you to go to church camp. I don't think it's any secret in this house how much I love church camp and I love for y'all to go to church camp. Mm-hmm. And so I can't wait for you to come back and tell stories about all that you've gotten to do there and just um, how wonderful it is. Cause I know you're going to have a good experience. Just this time, don't run by the pool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to talk a little bit before we go about 
what you might want to do in the future, because I think you have a pretty good idea of something that you would like to do in the future. And I think it's really cool that you are so determined to get that done. Tell me when you think about what you want to do when you grow up, tell me what you think about. I want to become a contractor. I think that that'll be good for me because I love like watching people build houses. Uh, I love like those remodeling shows that we always watch. I think it's just really fun to do that. What about it seems fun? It's just, I think it's really fun to like look at a house plan and then like look at a place and like, look, how is this going to turn out to be that? And so then you like start building and then it makes sense and then you're done. And it's like, wow, that turned out crazy. Cause it's like the, like if you look at the before and after, it's crazy how, how much it changed. Do you enjoy like trying to draw a house plan? Yeah, a little bit. I, I think I would like building a house more, not really drawing the house. Like if I'm, if I'm building the house, then I get to be like, like I get to decide some things, but not everything. Like the people who I'm building the house for get to decide things, but like I get to decide some things about the house. And so I think it would just be really fun. Now, do you want to be the person who is like doing the hammering and the nails or do you want to be the person who is in charge of making sure it goes right? Probably the one who's making charge, making sure it goes right. I will tell you that there's not a person on this whole green earth that I would want to be in charge of making sure that all of my I's were dotted and my T's were crossed than you, because you are on top of things. You are always, I will, I will say this, this is a little side story that I have, but I can remember not that long ago, you asked me, Hey mom. Um, is it almost time for us to go to the dentist again? And I was like, uh, I mean, maybe. And you said, it just feels like a long time since we've been to the dentist. It feels like it's been eight months. And (laughs) when I looked at my calendar, I realized we didn't have any dentist appointments scheduled. And when I called the office and they looked back at your last appointment, it had literally been eight months and you just had that rolling around in your brain. (laughs) And that is who you are. You are always on top of things. You are always helpful. You are always just making sure that everything is in line and ready to go. And so I think that you would make an absolute excellent contractor. Um, And everything you put your hands to, you are just talented and creative and you are determined. You do not give up until something is excellent. I was thinking about last year during the school year, I gave you a challenge to read a million words for the whole school year. And you read a million words by February and you were done. And um, the Rubik's cube, you know, you wanted to solve the Rubik's cube and you figured it out and you got it done. And then you've learned to play guitar and you just work on something until you get it done. I think your dad Gave you a song to learn recently. What did he ask you to learn? Simple Man. Simple Man. And you sat in that room and you watched videos until you figured it out and now you can play. And so I just love that determination about you. I think that that is one of your best qualities that just really is going to help you to go far in life. And I admire that about you. You never give up. Is there anything else that you can think of that you want us to know or you want to talk about before we go? Anything that you can think of at all? I can't really think of anything, really. I think you basically covered it all. We covered it all. Okay. Well, before we go, I always end by asking one question. What do I always end the podcast by asking? Tell me something good. 
tell me something good. So before we go, I want you to tell me something good. It can be something big or something small, but in your life right now, what's good? I felt good about practice yesterday because I think I really put an attitude and effort and I think I might be able to play in the infield. I'm so proud of you and I love you. I love your heart. I think that you are just so gifted, so talented, so wonderful. And I'm so grateful that people get a little moment to get to know you a little better too. Thanks for being here today and spending time with me and my boy. If you'd like to follow him on social media, you'll have to wait just a minute. He's only 11 after all, but I sure hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you did, be sure to take a minute and leave a rating or review so that others can find their way over to the show. Also, if you haven't gotten a chance to grab a copy of my new book, Unraveled, today is a great day to do it. Head over to book.erincusio.com to get a copy shipped straight to your door. It took a minute for him to get warmed up, but I loved getting to have this conversation with Dominic. He is such a quiet observer. He's black and white. He is wise and good. He is innately helpful and logical, and I am so proud of the person that he is becoming. If there was one word I had to use to describe Dominic, I think it would be determined. He is intrinsically driven for excellence, and when he puts his mind to something, there is no stopping him until he's mastered it. To be honest, Sometimes that can be a hard quality to have. There are some things in life that are a little harder to master. But we are constantly teaching Dominic to navigate those moments by adjusting his perspective and focusing on the things he can control, his attitude and effort. No matter what happens in life, we are winners when we focus on those things. Our good attitude positively impacts our capacity for effort. Our effort impacts how we propel toward excellence. And the two of those things together are the secret sauce that makes the difference for accomplishing just about anything. We must control our attitude and effort no matter what life throws at us. That will be the foundation for all the good that we are working to create. In fact, it'll make some room for lovely.